Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. We're going to take part two of where are the men at. Um, If you listen to the first one, awesome. This will be continuation. If you didn't, please go back and listen. In the first one, we covered uh, keys to being keys to godly manhood. Number one is the fear of God. You love what God loves. You hate what God hates. You don't have a light regard for sin. The first aim and goal of your life is to please God. Everything goes through that filter. Uh, number two, strong in faith. Uh, you're called on to lead. God has, put, um, God has put man as the head of the home. So you're called to lead. Too many women lead lead the home spiritually, more spiritual. And I'm not talking about more, more uh, charismatic. I just mean more spiritual. The woman prays, the woman reads the word, the man barely, right? Shouldn't be this way. God God has has it that the man is the head of the home and should be the spiritual head of the home. Number three is studied, not at the Bible says, uh, study the word so you can rightly divide the word of truth and you won't be ashamed. And I know that's Paul talking to Timothy, who's in the ministry, who's a pastor, but it goes for everybody. It's, it's choosing to be a person of the word because any spiritual battle, you need the word in your heart to win. So to be the spiritual head of the home, you have to, first of all, have rightly divided the word of truth. You know, when, when things come in, and then you have people in the church who, who are saying things, you have to be able to look and say, no, that's not what the Bible says. That, that doesn't line up with the word of God, right? People taking stances on things. You have to be able to look and say, what's God's stance? You have to be able to be careful. The Bible, Jesus said, take heed, pay attention, right? So there's things that we need to be on the lookout for. The Bible says many will depart from the faith and, and the end. Though people have itching ears. You know, the, 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 the thing that's crazy that's really pervading the church is pastors feel like they have to appease everybody. So I'm not talking about my pastor, but you, you, many pastors fall into the category of they try to keep their congregation happy. So they, they want to like say, it's, it's become like you can't keep everyone happy. You stand up for the word. Oh, we don't want to lose anybody. And so their whole goal in ministry is just not to do anything wrong and to keep the people happy. That's not what ministry is about. You, you have the most controversial message. First of all, the best news on the planet, good news, joy to the world, but the most controversial. Jesus died for you, shed his blood for you. You have to repent. You have to ask for forgiveness. You have to turn for your wicked ways. There's only one way to God. No Buddha won't get you to heaven. No Muhammad won't get you to heaven. Only Jesus will get you to heaven. It's controversial. It's, it's, it's built for controversy. You have to stand up for the truth. And so it's not about being someone who's just trying to please people. You, you'll, you'll find your way to hell. As a pastor who tries to their best to please people, that's a problem. Because if it starts with one thing and it'll just progress, then you'll find yourself saying things. Oh, my congregation, you know, they're all this way, so I'm going to say this. They're all this way, so I'm going to say this. They don't like this, so I'm going to stop saying that, right? You, you find yourself, that's called the fear of man, and it opposes the fear of God. And then we talked about being pure, someone who lives a pure life. Uh, uh, not giving into temptation. If there's if there's a sin in your life, if there's a constant sin in your life, then it needs to be something that you deal with. Bring it to the light. Bring it to someone that you can be accountable to. Uh, leader, bring it to someone where they can pray for you, pray with you, that can help you. It needs to be dealt with. Um, and then we talked about vigilant, being a fighter, both spiritually and being 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 someone who won't back down. If the situation uh, came up that you needed to uh, protect your family, protect your wife, protect your kids. I, man, I'll, I'll die trying to protect my family. I'd rather, I'd rather me be done on this earth than have anything happen to my family. So not being reckless, 
but but there needs to be a little bit of a uh, a look in your eyes when it comes to those things. So we're going to progress from there. We're going to go into the next one. Um, so strong, strong in general, strong, strong in faith. N- someone who's not up and down. Someone who's not tossed to and fro. You need to be grounded. That's probably a better word. You need to be grounded. Someone that's dependable. Someone that's reliable. Someone that she can lean on. You know, God has called it. There's times where Krista is a help to me. Where I mean, she's a help to me all the time. But there's times where maybe if I'm feeling a little bit discouraged that she that I can look and she'll be the one to encourage me. But I need to be the one that that's leads the home. That she's not like, oh boy, what mood is Ryan waking up in today? Is he grumpy? Is he happy? Is he playful? You know, it shouldn't be ups and downs. It shouldn't be this bipolar thing of like happy this one day and then serious and super intense that you can be even keeled, that that things don't phase you. There are some people that are just more highly strung, but I believe God can help you. The Bible says that in Psalm 23, the Lord restores my soul. Soul is your emotions. Part of the soul is your emotions. So if there's been emotional damage that's happened, you can ask God, God, restore my emotions back to normal. You shouldn't be living on edge all the time. Everything shouldn't be so intense. You should be able to take things easy, but you should be dependable that day in and day out, you're strong. And that goes into the next one. You need to be disciplined. You need to be a, you know, leaders are disciplined people. And there's no two ways around it. And I know, I know I speak into the lives of many young people, and this is why I talk about this. Really, the only way to get ahead is through discipline. You, you won't get ahead and stay ahead in discipline, uh, excuse me, without discipline. So it's something that you have to be able to, to, to institute in your life. It's being self-motivated. And I'm not talking about being motivated by self or selfishness, but being able to, to, to put yourself, uh, be able to pick yourself up without being told what to do. You know, when you're a child, you're told, clean your room, take out the trash, go to school, get dressed. Mom, I don't want to go to school. No. You, and you do it because, no, I said so. I don't believe parents should let their, their three-year-old, Mom, why are we doing this? No, it's not because I said so. That's the only answer you need to know. I'm not, I'm not having a conversation with you. When you're 10 or nine or something like that, and, and you're thinking rationally. Otherwise, I don't need to explain myself to you. It is because I said so. But when you become a teenager, you get into your adult years, years of responsibility, there comes a time where you have to be a person who does it without someone telling you that you, that you can get out of bed and do, you know, if you buy a house, you'll realize there's not just taking out the trash and doing the dishes. There's doing the yard. There's things you need to do. There's servicing cars. There's things that have to happen without discipline. People are undisciplined in the way they eat. People are undisciplined in the word. I mean, for some people, and I say this, I say this, and it's sad that you have to say this, but there's people who've been born again their whole lives, as, as long as they can remember, and they still don't read the Bible every day. When was the last time you read the word? Uh, a couple weeks ago. That's a problem. That's a big problem. Discipline. You, you set a time. I read the word every day. I, I, I pray every day. You set a time. I remember having a guy who came to me and said, I want to be accountable to you. I want you to mentor me. I want to be accountable to you spiritually. What do I need to do to grow in my walk with the Lord? He came to me and I thought, man, that's awesome. He's taking some initiative. I said, well, you read the Bible. So we're going to start with 15 minutes. I went easy on him. 15 minutes. Every day you text me after you've read your 15 minutes and text me at least one Bible verse that stood out to you. Okay. So you text me. I'm not texting you. You text me. Okay. I'll text you. The next day I see him at work. 
Hey, why didn't you text me? Oh, you know, I woke up a little bit late and and uh, I heard there was a sale at Old Navy. This is not a joke. I heard, there's a, I heard there was a sale at Old Navy, so I went there. Wait a minute. Day one, you come to me. I want to grow with God. All right, the number one way to grow with God is to read his word. Day one, and you chose Old Navy over reading your Bible for 15 minutes. You could make time for a $4.99 t-shirt and you couldn't make time for the word of God. That's what I'm talking about. People just undisciplined, no discipline. That's why I run. I woke up this morning and I ran. You, You tell your body what to do. I don't feel like getting out of bed. You tell it what to do. Oh, you know, I set my alarm, but every day I just snooze my alarm. Well, put your alarm on the other side of the room. Well, I tried that already. You mean you're not you're not in control of your legs? You make yourself do it. There's things you have to make yourself, but you can learn to enjoy them. But people just, you don't, oh, I've been meaning to go on this diet. Well, you've been meaning to go on that diet for four years. Disciplined. This is something that you choose for your life. And then when you, you know, you'll find, I wasn't always this way. I enjoy being disciplined. It wasn't always this way. It used to be Ryan, go mow the lawn. Oh, mow the yard. It's so hot out there. You know, as a teenager, you just do it because you have to, you're told to, but you choose. I'm not going to wait till someone's, I'm not going to wait till, till someone's commanding me. You know, that's why some people have to go into the military is because they can't figure out they, their, their life ends up being a mess because they can't figure out just how to make themselves do something. You tell your legs what to do. You tell yourself what time to wake up. You tell your, you, you just tell yourself. If you can't control your own person, (laughs) how are you expecting to have a good, successful family? I'm going to move on. I get passionate about that one. A leader, someone who's strong. She will lean on you. Hard worker, self-motivated. Not motivated by self, but able to choose well. Able to make, it all comes down to choice. It's just able to make the right decisions. What's the right decision? You know, it dawned on me when I was overweight, I was 240 something pounds. And it dawned on me when I'm, when I was in my low twenties, man, when I'm, my, my knees started hurting. I'd play basketball and my knees and my ankles would hurt. I thought, man, if I'm 21 and my ankles are hurting now, my knees are hurting, this is going to be a problem when I'm 80. If I continue like this, you can't just expect things to change. So I need to make some changes. And that was enough motivation. I'm not going to have busted out knees at 80 because I didn't take care of myself at 20. I'm making ch- changes. And so you make that decision. And then the Bible says to put away childish things. So the next one is not a boy, not a child. You have to decide to level up at some point. You know, there's childish, and I know, I'm going to say things here that there's always going to be one exception. There's going to be someone you look up to who, 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 chooses to who chooses things that are not, that I would talk against. And so you make up your mind for yourself. But the Bible says, put away childish things. There comes a point where you put away childish things. There's a way that people talk and they, and they make fun and they goof off. And I'm not saying you don't have fun. But there comes a point where you have to just put away childish things. And you know what I mean when I say that. Childish pastimes, childish ways of doing things, childish ways of talking, things that you do on social media that are stupid, even, even just trying to be in the name of being goofy, that people are just being, doing st- stupid things. There comes a point where you need to grow up and put away childish things. Be a man of the word not ups and downs. You know, if you look at what people are concerned with these days in being a man, it's all about what they wear. It's about their sneakers, about the way their hair looks. And you don't talk about character. 
You don't talk about integrity. You don't talk about doing things the right way. They want to look like they're doing things the right way. But on the inside, many people who look the most spiritual haven't moved ahead in the things of God in a long time. And so you have to just ask yourself, am I moving ahead in the things of God? Am I progressing? If the answer is ever no, that's a problem. And so you repent and then you say, Lord, what do I do to get back on track? And you move ahead, become a person of the word, person of faith, person of strength, person of praise, a leader, an example. Paul said to Timothy, be an example in word, in deed. The way that you act should be an example at all times. God made the man to lead. He made the man to be strong. He made the man to be able to fight if need be. He made the man to be able to stand his ground, to fight for what he, what he believes in. But many, I think our generation's gotten away from that. So you have to stop and just say, am I prepared? Am I prepared to be a husband? Am I prepared to protect a wife? You can't be selfish and be a husband. That's another good one. Not selfish. Marriage, and you can't be selfish and be a wife, wife either. Marriage, it makes it where life becomes about the other person for you. I mean, obviously life's still about the Lord, but you put, your, you put them ahead of yourself. So if you're used to having it your way, you're, you're, in, for, you're in for a surprise in marriage. You start putting other people first. That's why when the Bible says, love the Lord your God, love your neighbor as yourself, it's preparation for marriage. Because when you esteem others as better, hey, if, 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 if I walk into a room and I've got a coffee and this person's asking for coffee and I've got one, you just make decisions here. Or I've got a soda or I've got, I've got a, a something, I've got a $20 bill and I wanted to spend on me, but then I know this person needs it. The Lord will lead you in how to love. That's putting someone else first. And that's what marriage is all about. But many people grow up, it's all about them, the way they look on social media, the, the way they're dressed. And, and, you know, if you want to, I'm not saying don't dress well, dress well, look the part. But what's going on on the inside? Where's the character? If you were driving today and you were in a parking lot and you tapped somebody's car and no one saw, what would you do? Would you leave a note? With your number, hey, I'm sorry, call me, I'll make it right. Would you, oh, it's not that bad. Would you justify it? I can't really afford that right now. What would you do? You, you, you make a decision to do the right thing every time. Be a man of character, a man of integrity. A man that a woman can trust. Women aren't, com- well, I was going to say women aren't complicated. In some ways, they're not complicated. And what they're looking for is not complicated. You may think it's, a, it's, it's about the way you look, the way you dress. They're looking for a person of godly character, a person they can trust, a person who says, hey, these are going to be our boundaries when we date, and I'm not going to break them. When you do something like that, and you have boundaries already ready, and you say, this is what, do you have any that you want to add? Is, uh, does this look good to you? I'm not going to break these. And then you hold, you stay with that. When the time comes that you get married, first of all, if she's the right one, She's going to trust you so much. If, if she's not the right one, the Lord speaks to you, then you haven't taken anything from her. You haven't, you haven't gone too far. You, you've become a person that she'll respect. And if she has your respect, she'll have your love. You act respectable. Time to man up. Be strong. Be a leader. Be a hard worker. Be diligent. You choose how hard you work. 
You choose to be self-motivated. You choose to be a protector. You choose to put away childish things. There's more things I could talk about here, but we're going to wrap it up on this. You can go back. Then another one, if I was going to spend more time, would be to talk about purpose, knowing what you're called to do. Know what you're called to do. God wants to show you what you're called to do. You may not need to know every specific, but know where you're headed. Are you headed in the ministry? Are you going into business? Ask the Lord. Fast for three days if you don't know. Lord, show me. Reveal it to me. I want to do your will. Show me what it's going to be. Give me a picture. The Lord will show you. I love you. God bless you. Thanks for joining us.